0: My bold prediction is that Marcus James will be committing to the Oklahoma Sooners. Oh, okay, all right. Future cast already in. Just a, an additional ref
1: future cast has just been uh, logged, is, is what you're saying. Marcus James to Oklahoma. So you say, uh, yeah, OU will get a sixth commit in the 2025 class. And a class that... What ranks fifth nationally?
0: Oh, no, fourth nationally in 2025, according to 24 7 Sports. And I would not be shocked if by month's end that class were. Well, I'd, I'd certainly believe it'll be the, in the top three. I believe it very well could be the number one class in the country. What are we going to talk Who about? Who is number next year one right now? I, think, I think
1: Georgia class. is. When I
0: look, how many earlier. commits do they
1: have? Um, give me about 25 seconds and I'll find out for you. But are we going to have anything to talk about next February, March, (laughs) April? I'm hoping so, man. Because last year, or this year I guess technically, it was just, um, hey, when are they going to get their first commit? Here's who the first commit could be. And the first commit happened in what? Like May of last year, April, know, May man. of I, last year, they're gonna have half their class by the time we get to March. I need next some year.
0: drama to sell, man. I need Williams Winery to show back up to Norman. Georgia's got
1: the number one class in twenty twenty five. Eight commits, three are five stars, four okay. are four stars.
0: I, I take it back. Oklahoma will be the number two class in twenty twenty five. Bama's By at
1: number early. two. Bama's got seven commits, two five stars, four four stars
0: currently. But I take it back. Oklahoma will have <laughs> the number three class. Notre Dame is at three,
1: seven commits, zero five stars. Okay, so good. There I, go. I feel okay about it. There we go. Georgia and Alabama already getting off uh, to a uh, commanding lead. No, uh, but what's uh, what's to like here about Marcus James? Plays backer for Carl Albert. Can
0: play some tight end as well. What, what, what's to like here? Yeah, just a very versatile athlete that gives you size and athleticism in bunches. I mean, it, if he indeed plays linebacker, Tyler, you feel a lot better about having a six foot four guy roaming the field at that position than a six one six two guy. Not to say that guys that tall can't be good linebackers because they can. Heck, James Skalski was maybe six foot during his playing days at Clemson, and he turned out all right. But when given the choice between a linebacker with elite physical gifts that's six foot, six foot one, or a linebacker with those same gifts that's six foot four, you'll take the guy that has a little bit of additional length. Sure, and already listed
1: at six foot four, 215 on rivals, by the way. And he's not going to be at training camp at OU in a few months. Like, it's... He'll be going into his senior year of high school next year. So there's still time for him to develop even uh, further before he even makes it on campus. So you like the measurables here and the upside more than anything when we're talking about Marcus James. And it's hard to disagree with that, with, like you're
0: saying, he's already 6'4",
1: 215.
0: If anybody was looking for a nuanced take on why Marcus James is a good get for Oklahoma, I'm sorry. I really don't have one. Like, he's a big dude who is athletic and plays both sides of the ball with a plum. So, I, I I don't see how you go wrong adding a guy like that
1: you know and, and that's the that's the interesting thing about this 2025 class in state that we talk about so much there's so many four stars already in the state for 25 um and, and OU's offered several of these in the top 10 but so many of these kids in 2025 are just supremely athletic and supre- like the measurables just check out Nate Roberts the tight end from Washington six foot four 230. Like that's that's a pretty good start. Even Elijah Thomas, the wide receiver out of Shakota, six foot one, one eighty three. Um, you look at a guy like C.J. Nixon, 6'5", 216. Jaden Nickens, the athlete out of Millwood, six foot three, one seventy. Talking about Marcus James at six four, two fifteen. Alexander Shield Knight out of Wagner, he's committing in uh, what eight days. Six foot three, two twenty five. Like there's some real legitimate, good looking. You're looking at athletes. It's a pretty Pretty deep
0: class in the state of Oklahoma. And when you go on down the list, Tyler, I like Oklahoma to land at least seven or eight of the top ten prospects in the state.
1: Yeah, I think uh, people are going to be very happy about the uh, 2025 class in-state. Not only what they do in the state of Oklahoma, but, I mean, again, they're already the number 4 class. It's going to be tough to uh, outdo Bama and Georgia, but could OU... Push for another top five class way too early in twenty five? Yeah, absolutely they can. Absolutely they can. So that's six thirty tonight at the field house there at Carl Albert, Marcus James committing at six thirty. Speaking of Carl Albert, how's Kevin Sperry been this year? I've seen a few highlights here and there. Had that uh, comeback win at Shawnee. But overall, like how's the move that's, been for him? Like how's it? Uh, uh, that's how's really, really the only
0: time Carl Albert has been threatened this year was that game against Guthrie, which is an excellent excellent high school football team in the state of Oklahoma, but uh, he's been in a lot of ways the missing link. If there was one for Carl Albert, because they won a state championship last year. So it's not as if they had some gaping hole to fill, but you take a team that's already a state championship group and you throw in Kevin Sperry. And not only that, this is Marcus James's first year at Carl Albert too. He transferred over from Bishop McGinnis. So, you throw a blue chip linebacker prospect and a guy that I believe is gonna be verging on five star territory at the very least at quarterback. You add him into the equation and you have a runaway train. So Marcus James would be
1: Carl Albert commit number three, right? With Kevin Sperry and Xavier Robinson. Am I missing someone?
0: No, that is correct. Number yeah, three.
1: yeah, he would be commit number three, and I bring that up to tell you that tomorrow night at seven PM You can watch all three OU Carl Albert commits or just Carl Albert in general because they've got other OU targets on their team on uh, KREF sports, krefsports.tv. We have uh, Piedmont at Carl Albert tomorrow night at 7 p.m. So that'll be a good watch. It's, it's, we've got quite the slate uh, this week. We've got three games tonight, but we've got Piedmont and Carl Albert at 7 p.m. And that bixby Jinx game at 7.30 tomorrow night as well. That's just two of the, uh,
0: Two of the games that we have tomorrow night on KREF Sports. What's the, TV? Uh, what's the Tyler McComas line on bixby
1: Um, I think Bixby at this point could play Arkansas State, and maybe they <laughs> would make uh, Butch Jones cry as well. I'd put Bixby minus 17.5 against Arkansas State at this point. I'm going to say Bixby minus, uh, I'm joking there a little bit, kind of, Bixby minus 18.5 at Jenks. I just think they're that good.
0: Which and I would, I, I would
1: probably take Bixby to cover taking Bixby, yeah <laughs> taking taking the taking the or giving the eighteen and a half I guess when they're beating everyone like sixty to two and seventy
0: to five they've given up a couple of safeties this year but they're just they're just unbelievable man and I watched them play Westmore a couple of weeks ago and Westmore's a good football team with more than a couple of athletes and Bixby just waxed them, man like Michael Patterson McDonald had a long touchdown catch in the first quarter, and it was seven seven. And I was thinking, okay, maybe we got a ball game here. No, Bixby scored three times in the span of like the next four minutes. <laughs> Jeez,
1: Loco Ohio says, would Kevin Sperry get to five star territory by the time he is done? Yeah, I think so. Gonna ha- I definitely going to have a chance. Yeah. Absolutely going to have a chance. I mean, he's already been, and a lot of getting to five star territory too is. Kind of being known on the circuit a little bit, right? Like you've been able to showcase your talents in front of people at camps, and I'm sure he's going to go to various camps across the country this year. But he's been doing that last year as well. So Kevin Sperry is already a a name that people know. I think I, I th- almost like honestly, like at the very least, high four star at this point, but probably five star territory there at Carl Albert's.
0: Yeah, for him it's all gonna be about continuing to showcase his tools and his traits, not just on the field, not just on tape, but the off season for quarterbacks is big. Seven on seven, he's gonna uh I would assume run with C four again. The Elite Eleven, you would figure Sperry is a shoe into the Elite Eleven finals when that rolls around. And so it's Circumstances like those, where Sperry really has the chance to put some distance between himself and some of the other quarterbacks in the twenty twenty five. Trying
1: class. to think, has the state of Oklahoma ever produced a five star quarterback coming out of high school? Would he be the first? David Cornwell was close. Yeah, he was close. I don't think he was a five star though. Sam won a Heisman Trophy, but he was a three star coming out of PC North. I man, I, I don't think in the modern recruiting era, and no. that really goes back to like what two thousand two is what we're talking about. Kevin Sperry could be the first five-star quarterback out of the state. Offhand, I would say, yeah, he is. No, if, he, if he does indeed become a five-star. Yeah, nobody else comes to mind immediately. Ohio Sooners says, I've never seen Bixby play. What makes them so dominant? Uh, competitive depth. It's like they platoon players in. They have multiple players at each spot that can really play. Even at quarterback, Parker, they'll play like two or three guys at that spot. It's it's unbelievable how how much talent that they
0: have. Mike Gundy tries to rotate quarterbacks and ends up getting throttled by South Alabama. Bixby rotates quarterbacks and still beats everybody by 50.
1: Yeah. someone And, and, and they don't have, like, Blues say, man, Bixby that good without four or five-star talent. Like, they've got high-end talent, like, mixed in the roster. Not four and five-star talent, but they're just solid all over. There, there's no weaknesses with Bixby. Like, that's that's the thing. There's no real, no real position that you look at and say, oh, we can get him there. No, you can't get him anywhere.
0: And this listener in the 405 brings up a great point as well. Bixby's playbook is scary, creative as hell. Yeah. And that it is. Uh 580 listener says, Bixby needs to play Duncanville, Texas somehow. That would be great. I'd be intrigued because, like, Duncanville very obviously would have more talent than Bixby. At least the naked eye. But shoot, I can't, I can't count the amount of teams that offhand I could think of in the state of Oklahoma that i look at them and go, oh, yeah, shoot, they got more talent than Bixby. But there's absolutely no chance I would figure they'd beat Bixby on the football field.
1: There's no way that I would trust um, some committee to figure out who the best 12 teams in the country are. C- kind of like the committee that we're going to have next year. I don't know if I necessarily trust them to uh, find the best 12 teams in college football. But if there was a 12-team playoff for high school football across the country, do do you think people would watch that? Maybe Bixby could get in the 12-team playoff. I I don't know. There's a lot of really good teams out there. You think people would I watch a 12-team it, high I'd school just,
0: playoff? Would there be an Oki stigma? Would Bixby get left oh, on sure. the outside looking in? I don't know. Oh,
1: who'd they play? Jinx and Union? Pfft,
0: those guys suck, is what the committee would say. But, like, <laughs> legit, we've talked about how – obscenely talented Carl Albert is what would the line be between Bixby and Carl Albert I, I I don't know <laughs> I'm not taking Carl Albert to win that game Carl Albert's got more
1: high-end talents but does Bixby have more overall depth yeah mate prop probably I would just put it at a pick how about that put it at a pick and just enjoy the football game uh, because I'd, it, would I'd it would be incredible it would be incredible. Um. Yeah, 405-651-3439 Kdub and the 918 just had to say it Does Bixby ever run the jet sweep? Just curious <laughs> Yeah, you know what Kdub But here's the, here's the difference They run the jet sweep and they probably get about 50-60 yards every time they run it Like every other play that they have in the playbook Doesn't matter what play they run It goes to the house Uh, Okay, 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We'll get to that coming up next. An update on Eddie Pierre-Louis and Grant Bricks. And, oh, you just made a very interesting JUCO offer. Hmm. We'll get to that coming up next as well, right here on The Ref. Locked in with McCombless and Thune, live on The Ref. We are the Home Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, and of course you, the Ref Army as well, listening nationwide via our free KREF app. Arlington, Virginia is tuned in today. Rockford, Michigan. Huntsville, Alabama. Waverly, Nebraska is tuned in today. Marshall, Texas. Bristol, Rhode Island. Our small Oklahoma town of the day. Hugo, Oklahoma. I wonder if there's any uh, bandwagon OU fans down there in Hugo. Like there uh, apparently are in uh, Prague, Oklahoma, heard that one yesterday, so it is Prague. we have determined that it's prague. I grew up in a small town on the west side of the states. Um, we said prague, so i don't <laughs> I don't know if that's
0: necessarily right, but that's at least what we because we it. had yesterday on the text line Plank and I we had prague, we had Prague, we had prague, we had pregue.
1: It's hey, definitely not I, Prague. Yeah,
0: it's definitely not Prague. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, 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 knew, I knew from the jump it wasn't Prague, not
1: in Oklahoma. Well, maybe they'll rename the town to uh, Bandwagon, because apparently they got a lot of Bandwagon fans there. We've heard from uh, Oklahoma State of- offensive lineman yesterday. Ref Army Locator brought to you by Affordable Door Company, where they compromise on the price, but not of the quality. Visit them online at affordabledoor.net. That's affordabledoor.net. Proud Garage Door sponsor of the Sooners and the Ref. I mentioned it going into the break. Very interesting JUCO offer that OU sent out about 24 hours ago. And according to Antonio Alfano, OU has offered the former Bama five-star defensive lineman. What do we we make of this? He's got a lot of offers on the table
0: right now. I'm not entirely convinced that offer is real. You think he's making it up? Uh, to
1: generate some interest, he got uh, like he the, the, the offers filed down for him. You and this is just to name a few, by the way: USC, Texas, LSU, Tennessee, Florida, and a lot of others as well. But he put it out about 24 hours ago, and he was a former number one overall player in the 2019 class. Right, goes to Alabama, transfers to Colorado. Now he's at Lackawanna College in Scranton, PA. You're just not 100% sure the Alfano offer is legit. I'm
0: not entirely sure because I I had a connection down in the southeast text me pretty immediately after that offer was announced and asked, is this a fake offer? And this is the type of person that wouldn't ask that question typically about an offer, and so I was like, huh, okay, well, let me look into it. And look through his Twitter follows. He doesn't have a single OU coach following him. So I'm like, huh, something's off there. Again, I still don't have a ton of clarity on the situation. I reached out to a few folks to see if there is any substance to it. But whenever I see a kid announce an offer from Oklahoma – or in this case, he said but, Oklahoma
1: University. By the way,
0: which immediately was—it's um, an all too common mistake. I mean, OU. Like, <laughs> if you're not really familiar with Oklahoma tradition, you, you'd probably think, "Oh, yeah, OU, Oklahoma Proud University." Proud of my latest offer from Oklahoma yeah. University. So, when I, whenever I see a guy announce an offer from Oklahoma and he doesn't have any of the coaching staff following him, it does kind of raise a red flag for me. So, well, I'm not I, entirely sure about that one. I th-
1: I think that's fair. And you know what I immediately thought of when I saw this today? What's it was, huh. Well, we know they like to go after a certain player. Like, they want their program, that overused word, culture. Like, they, they want that to mean something. So, a guy that signs with Alabama out of high school, transfers to Colorado, ends up at Lackawanna. I thought, okay, though, well, that's interesting. Oh, I, I know he was a former number one overall player in 2019, but interesting that this staff would, you know, send out this offer for an edge player and OU's in, I would say they're in a decent spot, good spot at that position going into next year, wouldn't you? With some of the talent that you have, so... Yes, but he's also, I mean, he's 6'5", 275. Yeah, I, so he's and I know good. that, yeah, and he, and he can play, like, all, you mentioned the measurables there. He can play at other spots, but yeah, I, I mean, I just immediately thought, okay, that's... I I did not, I guess, expect this staff to send out that offer. But apparently, like I said, USC, Texas, LSU, Tennessee, Florida, maybe those are made-up offers as well. But if those are legit, he's got a decent little offer list coming out of Lackawanna College.
0: Jim and Casper has accused you of repeating Hugo as the small town of the week. Sorry, Jim. It's been a long week, man. It's been a long week. All
1: the Lebby jet-sweep jokes. I uh, forgot who the... Small town of the day was, or what the small town of the day was earlier this week. I will do better, I promise you. I know it was Prague yesterday.
0: Maybe I need to uh, stay out of the southeast quadrant of the state. From a listener in the 405, when can we expect a t-shirt from the ref store that has a picture of Lebby, and the caption under the name says Jet Lebby, asking for me and not a friend?
1: Would we be more likely to do that after a win this week, or a uh, loss this week? A loss. Obviously. (laughs) Obviously. A unless he still run three
0: jet sweeps. Unless Jeff Levy just unless he runs like twenty jet sweeps and half of them go for sixty yard touchdowns, in which case the jet levy moniker has kind of been reclaimed and spun positively. I think like the the
1: play like obviously it's become a joke. Like the play, the jet sweep has become a thing. I, I think also who they're running it with is a big factor as well. Yes. Like if they run a jet sweep this week with say, let, let's just say Brennan Thompson, because we got a lot of text on that, and it's more effective this week or goes for a big gain or a touchdown, then people will say, "See, don't I mean, come on, try to tell you, use a fast guy if you want to get to the edge. Duh, it's not that hard." So it's almost like the frustration will still be there, even if they run the jet sweep and it works this time around. They use someone different.
0: Just go back
1: to the wishbone. Sure. Dylan Gabriel running the wishbone? That's being it. We, everyone wants him to be aggressive offensively. The wishbone
0: with Jaron Canick in the backfield. Okay, yeah. At fullback. <laughs> there, there, there we go. That's the there solution to everything.
1: Figured it out. Um, anything to note with uh, Eddie Pierre-Louis? Four-star
0: offensive lineman from the state of Florida.
1: Is it still going back and forth here? You know,
0: I mentioned it last night, and the more I think about it, the more real it becomes to me. Man, this is exactly – because Oklahoma and UCF have emerged as the two top schools, right? But this is exactly the type of recruitment that I've seen so many times end in Oregon swooping in and grabbing the dude. Because Oregon has – quite a propensity to just hang out in the background as a second tier contender for a guy like this and then all the m- mystique builds up around the recruitment leading up to this decision and then boom he's an Oregon duck i can't tell you how many times i've seen someone
1: sitting the- in the back of the auction watching two people go back and forth with bids and then finally hey oregon raises up the raises up their hand there and
0: outbids everyone So So like the fact that Oregon is still being mentioned by Eddie himself as a contender alongside OU and UCF makes me believe that. Well, and I don't I don't know if it necessarily makes me believe anything. It makes me fear that this is going to be another last second special from Oregon. But for the moment, all of the intel would suggest. That it's back and forth between Oklahoma and UCF, and it's really a question of whether the kid would rather stay home or whether he'd w- rather be developed into an elite NFL caliber offensive lineman.
1: Sounds like uh, your two remaining uncommitted targets, that's kind of the case for uh, for both those guys. Do they want to stay a little bit yep. closer to home, yep. or do they want to be in a spot where they get a chance to win more football games? Um, I, Nebraska can get bowl eligible. On Saturday for the first time since 2017, 2016, 2018, 2016, 2016, when they won nine games with Mike Riley. So do we have to root against Nebraska getting bowl eligible this year to feel even better about Grant Bricks? Or uh, can he still decide? Can he still realize
0: that no will use in better He's shape? Is Nebraska than, playing Saturday? Uh, I believe they're at Michigan State on Saturday. Oh, okay, so they'll win. Because Michigan State is a train wreck inside of a dumpster fire uh a listener in the 580 says, I've basically written EPL off. He ain't coming, fellas. Okay, there you go. Well, I'm going to go flip my future cast to UCF.
1: Or Oregon, maybe. Or Oregon, yeah. yeah.
0: Flip your future cast to
1: anyone but OU because 580 said so. That's it. Uh, 918, am I the only one to notice the running backs hit the pile first, not the gaping hole next to it? Well, has there always been a gaping hole for the OU running backs this year? And and I'm not trying to sell you that they've been awesome this year by any stretch. And I definitely think they've been probably the majority of the factor why, you know, the run game hasn't been great. But the offensive line just hasn't been opening gaping hole after gaping holes uh, this
0: season. KW918 says, if we score on a jet sweep, it should only count as four points instead of six, just as a punishment for constantly running. Them. Hey, they need
1: all the points they can get, k They're not good enough to only get uh, four-point touchdowns at this point. They're going to need all six and seven of those points on Saturday.
0: Going to need that to happen. Are we, no four-pointers. Like, I, I know we're talking a lot about Ollie Gordon. And understandably so. He's the best running back in the nation right now. Have we talked enough about Tawi Walker and his status? Uh,
1: I tried to yesterday. Really? Yeah, and it's not just is he available. It's is he available to carry the ball 20, 22 times if need be, right? Like, how available is he going to be? If he's 100%, then you might make him into the feature back of the offense on Saturday, right? He has to be. But if he's, if so. if he's available but only 75, 80%, then that means that Sawchuck or Barnes will get carries on Saturday. Dylan Gabriel's going to be active in the run game, I believe that, but
0: who's who's the second running back going into Saturday? Gosh, man, who would have imagined we'd be sitting here eight games into the season, Oklahoma would have a very clear path and control their own destiny to the college football playoff, and we'd be wringing our hands over whether a walk-on running back is going to be available for Saturday's game.
1: So, out of the four players that we're talking about with injury concerns, Peyton Bowen, Tawie Walker, Danny Stutzman, Gentry Williams, which of the four do you think is most critical to be healthy and 100% for OU to win? Out of Bowen, Tawie, Stutzman, and Gentry Williams?
0: Any other week, I would actually say Gentry Williams, because I think you saw just how steep the drop-off is from Williams to anybody that replaces him last week up in Lawrence. But... Given that we're talking about Oklahoma State, a team that is very obviously going to try to ride their bread and butter to victory in Ollie Gordon, I think Danny Stutzman is the guy whose status is most crucial leading into this game.
1: I mean, just for the defense, I mean, not only him as a linebacker, like going up against the run game, just his presence in the middle of that defense I think means a lot to that defense, and we saw that last week. Like, the the downside if Danny Stutzman is on the sideline and not available. And OU's got some good back. like Kobe McKenzie's a good linebacker. Kip Lewis is a good linebacker. It's just a little bit different, though, when twenty eight standing in the middle of that defense. It's a little bit different. 405, been under a rock all week. What's the word on Stutzman? There's not really a whole lot of word on Stutzman, other than Tuesday, Brent said... What well, what are the exact words he used? Did he use confidence? Starting to feel confidence that Danny could be available on Saturday? I think he said he feels
0: confident, i.e. Yeah. I. Danny. Danny feels confident. But Brent, in so many words, basically called Stutzman a game time decision.
1: And that's what that's what he is. Like um, Gentry practice on Monday, I, I feel pretty good that he'll play. Yep. Taw-wee, I think that he's going to play. I don't know if he's going to be at hundred percent. My my biggest question as to who's going to be available out of the four that I just mentioned, it might be it might be
0: Stutzman. Now, if it's up to Stutzman, he's going to play. Will it be up we to David Stutzman? Much. You know? Yeah. Might have to might have to protect the dude from himself. I mean, you've had to do it before. Again, the one the one thing I always go back to there were folks actually questioning Danny Stutzman's toughness when he left the game last week against Kansas. That guy tried to play with a dislocated elbow as a true freshman. He's not coming out off the field if he can help it.
1: Yeah, I I, uh, I agree with that. But those four guys on the injury front is who we're talking about the most uh, at this point. 405 651 is the Meyer Chevrolet text line. More Bedlam, more OU Cruton next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McCobis and Thune, live on the ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. OU in the twenty twenty four class, the number seven overall class according to twenty four seven, number six on rivals. But OU has twenty eight commits in twenty twenty four, which is a lot. So much that no other school in the Power Five has more commits than OU currently. Really, not a single one. This all three service academies do. I guess I've never really looked at service academies recruiting before, but they get, like, 60 kids or 60, (laughs) like, commits or signees in one cycle. Georgia's got 27 to OU's 28. That's the closest. LSU's got 26. North Carolina's got 26. They're all fantastic football players. But nobody in 24's got more than OU, and that may not change on signing. We may be talking about OU with the most – Signees of anyone in college football on signing day, which is fascinating. I'm
0: curious to see what happens, and I don't think this will happen, but if either Grant Bricks or Eddie Pierre-Louis, one and not the other, end up in OU's class, I think they call it good with O-line there. But I'm really curious to see what happens in in a world, on the very slight chance, that both Bricks and EPL commit elsewhere? Because those were two and are two elite offensive line targets that you have been recruiting for well over a year. So do you just say, okay, I guess we progress, move forward with what we got, or do you try to make a a late 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 eval, make a few late offers, see what you can scrounge up?
1: I I, I think that they would – I think they'd go for a lady eval somewhere. I mean, I guess it kind of depends on, on what you can find. I don't know if they'd add just to add, but if they find someone... I'm trying to th- trying to think of what would even be a good comparison here recently. It's not the same position, but I guess like Taylor Wine, Taylor Heim of, of last year, they evaluated that, and deep in the cycle, they sent out those offers, so... Yeah, if you don't get either of those, then if you find a player like that or two that you like, then you send out the offer. Yeah, I, I, I could see that.
0: Sooner-Schmitty on the text line says, Virtually the only time Gavin Freeman gets a touch is on a jet sweep. So the defense is on jet sweep high alert anytime time he comes in. No surprise, no success. Man, uh, has, have we gotten texts about anything this week more than no. we've gotten texts about the jet sweep? I've never heard more about one single play. Um, Not even the squib kick? Not
1: even the Statue of Liberty? Not the uh, hook and lateral? Well, probably the uh, two previous ones. Squib kick is... uh, Squib kick got a bunch. This jet sweep is probably top five of most talked about opponent plays during a game. Or I guess just maybe plays that we've talked about after a game before. It's it's crazy. Parody songs, nicknames, t-shirts. People want
0: t-shirts to be made. It's gotten a little out of control at this point. Slim Brady says, if our goals are a Big 12 championship and a New Year's Six Bowl, shouldn't we sell out and have everyone as a full go this week? You can't do that, Slim Brady. You can't You can't tell guys, okay, I know you're banged up, but you're going to play. If guys aren't ready to play, you can't push them along faster than they need to go because you're trying to win a Big 12 championship and a New Year's Six Bowl. That's a disservice to those individuals. And if they're legitimately not ready to play, then you run the risk of injuring them for Yeah, this
1: isn't Varsity Blues. You can't just no. uh, <laughs> shoot them up during the middle of the game. Uh, and, and, and two, like, y- you got to feel like your program's in a spot that you don't need all hands on deck every single game when it could jeopardize careers to have a chance to win the game. Competitive depth, we talked about. Y- you would like to think that, if one, two, three, well, however many players are banged up you've got emu- you got enough depth behind that to overcome it,
0: yeah, and I mean shoot that that hits a sore spot for me because I ended up tearing ligaments in my throwing elbow as a high schooler because I had a coach that basically said you 're fine you're going to keep playing, going to keep throwing after I told him about the discomfort I was experiencing, so if a guy is in pain, experiencing discomfort doesn't feel ready doesn't feel adequately prepared to be able to go out there and compete for you you ought not to force him to do so and I don't think Brett Venables and this staff are going to do that
1: 405 does OU still need help getting in the playoff even if we went out might be a couple of undefeated teams and a couple of teams with a better loss um will OU need help getting in the playoff if they went out probably but not an incredible amount they would need I, I don't know man like th- it's a Washington loss or a Florida State loss, pretty much. Yeah, that's all you need to you, legitimately you don't, control you your own You don't state.
0: need a uh, you don't need a ton of help. No, I mean you you, you should be okay. Wow, first time texture from the nine one eight. Hit us up to dish your Mac Brown impression. I know you need the to the first work one on that Mac Brown impression. That's it may not have been impression. my best one, but uh, that's the first negative
1: uh, comment I've gotten on the Mac Brown impression. First time texture though. Welcome to the show. Appreciate wow. it.
0: It's quite a debut. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, people are wondering what. Peyton Bowen's injury is, and what Gentry Williams' injury is. So uh, not really anything terribly severe with either of them. Uh, Bowen said he was experiencing some ankle soreness, and Gentry has had some knee stiffness. It's not like it's not a sprain or a fracture or anything that's going to sideline them long-term, but that's the reason why Gentry sat out Saturday up in Lawrence. Of course, the cold weather really didn't help and then Peyton Bowen hasn't missed a game yet, but he has been limited the last two weeks because of that angle.
1: Uh, OU's first play from scrimmage will be a jet sweep, says a texture in the 9-1-8. The pukes will never expect it. Yeah. (laughs) Just watch a little bit of film and know that the uh, jet sweep has a chance to to be called. Hey, by the way, um, how credible is Clint Brewster? over at 24-7 Sports. Well, you know his, much official, about him.
0: his official title at 24-7 Sports is Transfer Portal Expert.
1: Well, he sent something out about a potential Transfer Portal player. Uh-huh. And I bring it up because, well, we loved him last year in the Cotton Bowl. He was great. And OU plays his team next year. He's saying that instead of going to the NFL draft, Michael Pratt, the quarterback at Tulane, who's really good, might just enter into the portal and start for a Power 5 team next Ooh, year. Can't beat him, join him? Michael Pratt to USC? Oh, gosh. No. No. I like the kid. I was rooting for him. I was really rooting for him. Don't Come on, Michael Pratt. I kind of like you. I think you're a good player. Don't damage all the reputation you have with us Oklahomans
0: by going to USC. Ty from Bartles do it. says, so Parker is saying he would have gone pro if his coach hadn't pushed him to play when he was hurt. Yep. Coach had put me in in the fourth quarter. We'd have been state champs. Yeah, there
1: you go. We uh, got a
0: Napoleon Dynamite
1: and a Varsity Blues reference in so
0: far this segment. We These love is what you come to come for, see it. Right? from a listener in the 202. Love the Mac Brown impressions every day. Never get my text read. How's a first timer? So if uh, thank you, DC Cal. Appreciate that. I'll 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 try to work one in. We just uh, get the so many today. texts, DC Cal. Mm-hmm. Don't take it personally if you don't get your text read. It's not because we're ignoring you. It's just because. We're having to filter through a lot of content on the text line, and sometimes wherever the mouse lands, the mouse lands.
1: Hey, I'm going to throw a question your way. Think about it over the break. Text line can interact with it as well. So we keep saying this week, just get the ball to your playmakers, man. Get the ball to your playmakers on offense. That's what Oklahoma State's doing a good job of. OU, Jeff Lebby got to do a better job of that. Who are the three best playmakers OU has on offense? As it stands right now. Who are they? We'll talk about that next right here on The Ref. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno. Bringing you the sour of Locked In with McComas and Thune. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC. They sell Buicks and GMCs, which are some of the best trucks and SUVs on the road. They also have half price oil changes on Saturday. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno. I guess the uh, the dates for the Big Ten schedule are going to be released at the top of the hour and some of those dates are being leaked. We know that USC plays at Michigan, but boo! Apparently, they're going to the big house on September 21st, not on November 21st, which oh, is a tragic. Bummer. Yeah. I want to see Mule Shoe in the snow. I do too. November 16th, they get a home game with Nebraska. November 23rd, it looks like they get a home game with UCLA. Come on! I wanted to see that dork, he and. Clark Stroud, and the rest of that crew over there freezing on the sidelines somewhere in the north. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll get lucky and that'll still happen. Yeah, we dang. might get
0: lucky. Who knows? Maybe by then he'll have taken the Raiders' job and we'll never have to play a game outside of a dome. <sighs> and they'll play on the road at uh, Lambeau late
1: in the year or something like that. it be fantastic. Uh, who are the three best playmakers on offense right now
0: for this team? Okay, so here's the thing. I think when people consider the term playmaker – they unconsciously conflate it with home run threat. Like, you think playmaker, you think of somebody that's going for 70 yards. Okay, so Brennan moment, Thompson. Right? Like, is, like, yeah, yeah, a guy like sure. Brendan Thompson is going to immediately come to mind. The way that I think about playmaker well, is in a very objective sense of the term, right? A guy who makes plays for the offense. To me, your number one playmaker in this offense right now, it isn't even a question, it's Nick Anderson. Yep. He is your number one playmaker. I would say number two, it's not as sexy of an answer, but Dobby Walker. Okay. Number three, that's where it gets dicey. I think there is a case for Brendan Thompson. I think there is a case for Jalil Farouk. I think there is even a case for Drake Stoops. I think there's absolutely a case for Drake Stoops. He's as solid as it gets. And I would probably, like, if you made me pick one there, I would pick Drake Stoops. Now, again, if if you have a major beef with me omitting Brennan Thompson, I would say, okay, if we're ranking the top three home run threats on this team, obviously Brennan Thompson is on the short list. But in the most stripped-down, fundamental sense of the word playmaker, those are the three that come to mind for me.
1: Yeah, two and three are debatable. Um, number one is not. No. <laughs> I think it's, it's quite obvious, actually. Number four, Nick Anderson is uh, your, your best, your best may, maybe just your best home run threat, just your overall playmaker threat uh, that you have on the offense. So just to further emphasize the point, throw the ball to Nick Anderson. I don't care what you got to do. Just make sure you come out of that game and we all say, yeah, they really, they really featured Nick Anderson in this offense today. They really did a good job of that. He's a special talent.
0: This reminds me of 2021. Tyler, because you remember that year, it was very blatantly obvious that Marvin Mims was the most dynamic weapon you had on the entire offensive side of the football. And you remember what everybody's biggest beef with mule shoe was that year? Other than
1: abandoning the run game, blowing big leads. Um, Oh, he wanted to
0: get Mario Williams really involved,
1: at least early in the year. Is that where you're going? I should have have said biggest
0: beef because I failed to remember that even before he left, even before he turned tail and ran for SoCal, people had a lot of different beefs with Mule Shoe. But one of the biggest beefs, at least for me, over the course of that season was, why on earth are you not getting Marvin Mims the ball more? I think there were... Eight, nine games over the course of that season where he had three or fewer catches. Which again,
1: like His numbers were significantly down from his freshman significantly year. Significantly down.
0: And he considered transferring because of it. He considered transferring, and honestly, if Mule Shoe hadn't left, he probably would have transferred. So it's kind of baffling the fact that, as you did in 2021, you now in 2023 have one receiver that is so head and shoulders above the rest in terms of his ability to make consistent plays for your offense and you aren't getting him the football on a regular basis. I'm glad he made that catch against Texas because it was the only one he had all day, Tyler. Yeah, I know. And and Nick Anderson's a guy, too, that even if he's not open,
1: he's still kind of open. I mean, he is a big body, wide receiver. He can go up and make a play. He can make a catch in traffic. Just give him chances, man. That's all Nick Anderson needs he and, and Jaden Gibson for that matter. If he's not open, Jaden Gibson is still open. Just give those guys a chance down the field and let them hit on some big plays cuz it all downfield passing game has been uh, it's been lacking here. Been lacking here the past couple of games. Gabriel Anderson and Anthony says a texter from the State of Nebraska um best three playmakers are 8, 4 and 12. Eight has a little wiggle to him, <laughs> so that's that's good. I like that a lot. Anderson, Walker, and Stoops, Leatherneck Sooner says Tawwee, Anderson, Gibson, and Freeman. So we're all kind of we got a different mix of the three, but we can all agree that Anderson is in that mix. So just throw him the football. And hey, by the way, not only is he gifted on his own, but he is brother. He is a younger brother to someone who. Made some big plays here as well. You know, like, I think the Anderson family has a knack for making big plays. Kind of keep that rolling. The rush is coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref.